I knew something was wrong with my life because halfway through the week, I didn't want to come back. Oh my goodness. I felt so uh, such peace. Huh. And um, when I did come back, what you will not see on the show, they, they film me going into my house and I shut the door and I literally fell on the floor and just was like crying. And I'm like, oh. God, use me. God, use me. Like, I don't want oh. my epitaph to say online influencer. Like, this is not mm. my purpose. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back to the show. I am so thrilled you are here today and maybe you are looking for a little escape. One that will entertain you and inspire, but also help you in some meaningful way. That is always my intention with the show. I think that being able to tune in and tune out other parts of our lives right now is deeply valuable and important. And I am committed to continuing to bring on really interesting female entrepreneurs and experts to elevate both your business and your life. So joining us today is Allie Brown, who's a woman that I've followed for a few years now. And it was actually really fun to connect with her for the interview because her voice was so familiar to me. I felt like I already knew her, but it was so cool to just see how smart and down to earth and relatable and interesting she is in in person. And so I'm thrilled to share today's conversation with you today. Allie is one of the world's most recognized entrepreneur coaches. And for over the last 15 years, she has advised and helped nurture the businesses of many of the seven and eight figure online thought leaders that you see thriving today. Allie has taken her company to the Inc. 500 list rankings, and she's also been featured on major media, including the ABC primetime TV show, Secret Millionaire. It was a lot of fun hearing about that story and the really key takeaways that she learned from that experience. But we also tackle a lot of important topics, leadership, how to set yourself apart, what she's advising her seven and eight figure clients to be thinking about and doing in light of what's happening in the world today, what the mindset traits are of women in the seven plus figure category. We talk about what you need to do in order to be thinking bigger for your life and your business and to really pick a lane where you stand for something that you believe in. Allie is a woman who I admire and who is raising the bar for female entrepreneurs and what's possible. This is such a great conversation with lots of laughs and great tips. So let's get into the show. Hey, Allie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so thrilled you're on the show. Hi, it's so great to be here. So I was telling you before the mics went on that you, to me, are like a breath of fresh air. You are a leading thought leader. You are a top entrepreneurship coach. And I just wonder, how does somebody 
become this. And, you know, and I, and I will say that I do believe that some leaders are made, but to me, my, my intuition tells me that you were a leader that was born a leader. So I'd love to get into your story and how you got started. Yeah. That's, it's an interesting point about whether we're born or made. And, and I think there's different situations for different women, but looking back, I definitely had that instinct, but I think, you know, you, you suppress it a bit as you're growing up and fitting into certain situations, especially in places like high school where, you know, I really looking back, looking back now with the wisdom I have now, you know, I was so restless mm -hmm. and I wish I had, um, the chance to channel that into, uh, you know, starting a business or, or something, but I, I you know, I, I couldn't, I remember not, I just couldn't wait to get out. I was mm. so excited to get out and, um, went to college in Boston, a small liberal arts college mm. that is, I believe still for women. It's called Simmons. Mm. And that was interesting because I would have never chosen a women's college just for that reason. But I just loved the, the campus and the people and the vibe. And it was in the middle of a city. So I still had access to boys and everything <laughs> and parties and, you know, wasn't like locked up in the woods somewhere. And, um, Man, that's where I started really, though, um, trying things on. And I think that's really my style. And um, and so, you know, the, the, where it was a rude awakening, though, was when I got in the working world and had this vision of the, you know, I'm going to kick some tail and I'm going to go get the corner office. And I, you know, I I just thought I could do this. And, and I got into a few jobs and I was like, oh, this is it. And no matter how good your ideas are or what you want to do, it just was never the right place for me. Mm. And... When I landed in New York, following the wrong boyfriend, but the right place, <laughs> right? We all—that's your twenties. Yeah, was of like course. Following the wrong boyfriend, you got to do it once. Yeah, yeah. It was like on and off and on and off. And um, but that got me to uh, New York City, mm -hmm. and my last job was there, and it was a little ad agency, and that's where I realized I was a good writer. I was a good mm -hmm. communicator. That I had, I, I was finally in a place that I felt, you know, pretty valued to a point. But the money was terrible. And I met a friend, this guy who was working there. We became friends. And I'm like, what do you do? You come and go all the time. And he goes, well, I'm a freelancer. And I'm like, what's freelancing? And, <laughs> and he said, well, you basically could do what you do, but you kind of work for yourself. But there's still steady gigs. And, mm. you know, you could probably make twice as much money. And I'm like, so I, I within weeks, within weeks, like that night I went to the bookstore, bought a book by Bob Bly. It was called mm. like something like – um secrets of a freelance writer, like how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, like, <laughs> mind blown. Like, grand, like I felt like you retire on that. It was just, and, and I poured through it and went out and started getting clients. And, and this sounds kind of funny to say this now, but when you, when you look back at how simple things were then, that's mm. just how you did it. You just started asking people for business, knocking on doors, asking for referrals. You didn't have time to pour over your brand and obsess about your Instagram mm -hmm. and, and overthink your website and all this stuff that complicates things right now. I mean, I literally would, I got a phone book and got addresses of ad agencies and walked into them with my portfolio and asked to talk to somebody if they need to freelance help. And, and I think there's a lot to think about that. There's a lot to think about that. Absolutely. Now, how old were you then? 27. Okay. Um, but nothing to lose. Do right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't even know if I'd do that today. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd be more nervous, but like when you're 27 and you're eating, you know, you're eating bagels for dinner anyway. And you're just, I just remember, Michelle, I remember just being so excited. 
And I think that's the feeling you need. You need to be so excited that you're, it's not even on your radar. You're just so excited. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then what happened next was obviously, you know, the internet, internet was mm-hmm. lurking on, on the kind of on the sidelines. We've been hearing about it. I'd used it at a few of my jobs, but man, when AOL really hit the scene, I don't know if you remember that AOL mm-hmm. CD when people were giving those out. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being so excited because that let me do the work from home. It let me start an email newsletter. I saw people doing that. I'm like, well, I'd like to share, you know, some tips of what I do know, and this could help me get clients. And that's how the whole internet thing started. Now, what was interesting is I started getting questions from people, you know, people I would meet or especially women I'd meet at networking events saying, how are you doing this newsletter and what are you doing? And I said, well, listen, I don't know everything, but I could, could show you what I do know. Mm. And then I started seeing these eBooks and I literally, I mean, this sounds so funny to say, but I literally, I bought an eBook on how to create an eBook and sell an eBook. <laughs> and I started selling an eBook on how to do an e-zine. And this is what started that whole, you know, for many years, my business was a lot of just teaching what I knew, teaching what I knew, mm-hmm. teaching what I knew. That turned into products, courses, um, teleseminars were the big thing for so long. Mm-hmm. And then eventually live events and and then coaching. And, um, you know, it's gone through many variations. It's gone through many shifts. I've pivoted many times depending Mm. on the market or also what's happening in my life. Like when I had kids, that was a big, you know, shift. Mm. Um, but it's been, it's been an amazing long winding road. Okay. So there's a few things that I want to unpack there because I think your story is so interesting. So I have to comment on the Simmons experience because I saw, I'm from Boston originally. We moved out to San Diego five years ago, but I'm definitely a city person and lived my whole life there. And um, so I know Simmons well. And I saw you post something on Instagram where you were in an acapella group, but you just walked in and basically took over (laughs) as, you know, led the group. I'm not saying it in it, not like, hey, I'm here, I'm taking over. But they were looking for leadership and you walked in. And that's when I was like, my God, again, I was like, I knew it. Ali's a born leader. I think that this is a conversation, you know, sort of a theme I'm going to weave through this interview today because I think it's a, it's important and I want to help women understand how to own their, their voice as a leader. But so, you know, I thought that was interesting. In 2009, you were on the Inc. 500. That's a, that's mm-hmm. huge. You had how many, I did I read like 60 plus thousand people you'd put through courses? I mean, tell us what, what oh, that- gosh. Yeah, that was, um, it was awesome. And it was, it was messy. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Like it was, it was awesome. We grew very fast. I was on the front of the curve of this whole wave and, you know, it was a privilege to be on the front of that curve, but like we, we grew so quickly. We had programs for everybody. Um, I was doing TV, that's when I landed, um, secret millionaire, you know, like it was, it was all happening. So, so this type of business, when you reach that level, Mm. it was part passive income. So we had products and programs that would kind of sell themselves. Then we had the more, um, interactive programs, you know, we had coaching at different levels Mm -hmm. and, you know, don't get me wrong. Like it was running well, we were doing it really, really well. But when I, I guess it's more me, when I think back to how complicated that got, and how, um, I remember just, you know, the, the pride is there and, and the joy of the accomplishment, but man, I can't imagine going back to that model again because it, it was kind of crazy. 
Yeah, but it sounds like you were growing organically and just trying to meet the needs that people were telling you they had, and you were you're solving yeah. problems. Sounds like you're yeah. Problem we didn't solving. do a lot of advertising. Wow. The women really, and I, I never came out and said like, I'm only for women. And, and, uh, I still don't, by the way, I'll, mm. I'll privately coach men. I, mm. I do get kind of, um, the occasional, you know, guy evolved, you know, new age guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. coming to who wants like just a totally different approach, nice. but the women just following me and, and no one was putting together these communities and what we were doing. So it was revolutionary. It was absolutely revolutionary. I think the, um, the scalability really was incredible based on what we could do at the time. And everyone, all of you listening have to know too, like the, this was the beginning of social media. Mm. So we, we got to that level before social even really took off. Yeah. And, and that says a lot that says how much of our growth was organic. That's a really good point, Michelle, because in 2009, I mean, Facebook had been out barely, you know, two mm-hmm. or three years. And that means it was all referral, you know, it was all referral and people recommending what we were doing. Yeah. See, that's the world I came from. So my background's in corporate. And when I was out on my own, I was 36 years old. So about 12 years ago, but yet there was no social. And so it was all referral based. And so, you know, when I relaunched just like a year and a half ago, I was saying to my husband, like, I don't understand what's happened to entrepreneurship, but I'm not recognizing sort of the, the energy that was there. It was all like girl boss, boss, babe, like, babe. (laughs) right, right. And I was like, okay, all that's, you're like, what, what is that? Right. I'm like, that's all cute, but wait, you know, I'm looking for a voice to have that elevated conversation. And I discovered your podcast Yes, Ali, speak truth. Let's get into the real stuff here. And also there's so many of us women who have ambition, who've had success, who maybe pulled the plug on that success, you know, to start a family or whatever. And we we want to find that again. And so I'm actually curious what your thoughts are about somebody who's launching now who didn't stay with it. So, you know, you were there before, you were ahead of the curve, you were doing it through referral, and then you also navigated through the social piece with, you know, over 250,000 followers. I mean, people knew your name the whole way through. What would you say to somebody who's kind of did pull the plug like I did and is back out there again? Oh, I think it's actually a great time because you know what's going to happen right now with this pandemic? Yeah. I mean, if if the best thing that come out of it is like most people fall off the the map. Hmm. I don't I don't mean literally like die, <laughs> but I mean I right. mean literally <laughs> like fall out of this business space and that's actually what I'm hoping. That's a horrible thing to say as a <laughs> I hope they'll go find what they're really supposed to be doing. Uh, I think that's my message. Do you know what I mean? Because there there is such madness. And whenever you see a shakedown like this, mm. it's going to separate the leaders from the ones who just are kind of playing business. Mm. And, and I think that's a good thing. And so when you look back at the last recession, it was actually a great time for some people to really step up into leadership and decide, say, you know what? Everything's shaken down anyway. Let me decide what I'm really here to do and do it really well. And, you know, I just had a coaching call this morning with a client. Um, and she's she's actually overseas and, um, I work with her privately and she is in the middle of deciding what to do with her team. And half her team has been driving her crazy anyway. And this is actually a fantastic opportunity for her to make some changes. Like it finally has given her the courage because a lot of women, we won't make these changes until our backs against the wall. When times are good, you don't have to be as good, but right now is the time. If you're good, 
you're going to be seen. You're going to be heard. So it's, it's, it's not your time to hide. Strategize. Think through what the steps you want to take. But I think it's a fantastic time for the women who really know what they're doing. I think, I think actually it's our time to shine. Oh, I love, I love what you said. Okay. You mentioned the secret millionaire. What is this? Was this 2011? What, when did, was it? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I thought that I've never interviewed somebody who was on the secret millionaire. So we have to, you have to paint a picture. How did this come about and what did you take away from it? I know that it impacted sort of how the the trajectory of your own business as a result. How it happened is kind of funny because this is when we were like, I mean, we were riding the wave. I'm on TV. Like we're just, I mean, it, it was just it was awesome looking back with huge events. I hired acrobats to bring out the coaching applications. I mean, it was like, we just, we just, so picture all this going on and I'm sitting there in my Gucci pants and, you know, like, and, and, and we get this call and what girl, on my team who was still a little green, you know, she, she probably didn't know how to handle these types of inquiries. And we, we got so many BS inquiries too. She didn't, I don't think she understood. This was literally a producer from ABC calling, wow. you know, and she said, well, there's okay. And she's just going through like the project list. She goes, oh, and we, there's like the last thing, by the way, we got a call from someone and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and there's this show called secret millionaire and blah, blah. And, and I'm like, wait, wait, I think I've heard of this. And and then, um, so we get on a call with the producer and they explain what it is. And, and, uh, I hadn't had the chance to do a lot of research yet, but uh, mm-hmm. she said, basically, I said, what's the premise of the show? She goes, well, we take you out of your comfortable environment. We put you in like a hard emotional environment. You live on welfare wages and give away a hundred grand. And I, at first I said, I'm not interested. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Doesn't like, sound funny I for thought me. this was going to be, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I envisioned, just something a little more glamorous probably. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the producer, she was so nice. I wish I could remember her name to th- give her a shout out because she was so, I mean, you could tell she knew how to deal with people like me. She, just said, <laughs> she said, listen, this may not be for you. She goes, but what here, I'm going to send you a reel. Watch these shows. Mm. She said, everyone cannot imagine not going through this process at the end of it. Like mm. it, it's something amazing comes of it. And, um, and sure enough, I watched a few of the shows and I actually thought, I, I, ca- I remember calling my mom and I said, I think this would be good for me. Hmm. I felt like, you know, when, when you're on your map on your phone and your GPS and it, if it gets kind of stuck, you shake it up. Mm-hmm. And that's where I felt. I oh. felt like I was a little stuck on the GPS. I thought, you know, I'd wanted to do more philanthropy anyway. And I thought, honestly, what do I have to lose? And here's the scary thing. When we filmed this thing, hmm. By the way, if you want to see it, it's it's on YouTube, I think, and I've also heard it's on Amazon. You can buy it for like three bucks or something, okay. and you will you will see me transform on that show. Wow! You will see. Um, I hadn't had time and space to think in years, and I remember the first two days were really hard. But actually, I mean, this sounds so funny to say, Michelle, but like not having my phone, not having a schedule. Mm. Um, just being with people and having these intense emotional conversations and then time to think about it afterwards was extraordinary. And I remember I knew something was wrong with my life because halfway through the week, I didn't want to come back. Oh my goodness. I felt so, uh, such peace. And, um, when I did come back, what you will not see on the show, they, they film me going into my house and I shut the door and I literally fell on the floor and just was like crying. And I'm like, oh. God, use me. God, use me. Like, I don't want oh. my epitaph to say online influencer. Like, this is not mm. my purpose. 
and I know I, I was helping people and, and the business thing, but I'm like, I just knew, I said that there's something else here. There's something else here. And that is when, when you look back at the history of my business and what I did, I started dismantling everything. I, I, it took several years. It took a lot of courage, a lot of hard conversations with my team, but to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going somewhere different now. And, um, you know, I'd like to help you go where you can go too, but it may not, this position probably isn't needed anymore. And, and, um, you know, it took a long time. And also during that time, and I know no coincidence is why I finally met Brett, my mm-hmm. husband. Um, yeah. it took me ladies. I was 41. You got to wait for the one. Mm-hmm. And if you screwed up, then it's okay. We all had the starter marriage that was years ago too. And, um, <laughs> but finally meeting this right guy and then getting pregnant. I mean, naturally, accidentally with twins, with healthy, full size, full term, big fat babies, like, and, and this, this new life just laid itself out in front of me. And I knew it was there to help me make these decisions and commit to someone really deeply and step into a new person that I could become. And so this, it's been, um, you know, if someone dropped out of my life for a few years and came back and said, Hey, what did I miss? Right. <laughs> it would be a big conversation <laughs> to have with them, how, how life is so different, but it, you know, it steered me in the right direction. And, um, it's interesting because I, I heard even after having the babies and all this stuff, I heard chatter and rumors. You, you ever have the friends who come tell you the rumors that you don't want to hear? And I'm like, I don't need to hear this. Mm. So like, did you know that blah, blah, blah is saying, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't care. Um, that like how, how could Allie Brown shut down those, that, you know, that business that was like not a good idea and that was mm-hmm. so smart or they're making up stories that like, you know, it was failing. And, mm-hmm. and I just had to, I'm like, this is the whole industry I want to get away from. This mm-hmm. is just nuts. I'm like, if you think that my slowing down, deciding to focus on my greatest gifts and highest profit and simplest lifestyle that I can, can do is a failure, mm-hmm. then you don't understand anything about business. You don't understand anything about life. So the show was a, a pivotal moment for me. Oh my goodness. So that brought up a lot of emotion. I could really feel that when you were talking about it, even just with the door shut and you on the ground, like in coming into, it was like a, it was like a, an awakening for you. It was a gift. And so yeah. I think it's so beautiful, but I think a lot of women are being presented with that, but they don't have the confidence or the the trust within themselves to follow that. I get the sense that intuition is a big part of how you operate. And you also do have the confidence to push out those voices. Like you didn't want to hear the gossip, who cares? But you know, maybe it annoyed you a little bit, but you still always stay true to yourself. Can we talk about that a little bit? Like how does, how do you, what's your mindset? Like how do you follow and get clear about where to go? How do you, what does that Mm. process look like for you? Um, it's, it's hard to articulate because I don't know anything else now. So Mm. it's, it's, um, I just know when I go wrong, when I, um, when I have ventured outside, like what I'm feeling, Mm. it's, it's never been a good decision. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it could be like, as simple as an affiliate, you decide to promote and then you're like, that felt gross. And mm. 
like, I don't know why I did that. It was like the morning after, you know, like I feel completely used and like those little decisions in your business that, you know, those of you listening, you know, when you made that decision, even though it looked on good on paper, the math added up, everyone's saying, well, why would you not want to work with this person or do this thing? Or, um, I think you just need to get to a point. It, it came a lot more from letting go and, and this may not be everyone's style again, mm-hmm. but I have to dismantle things and let go before I can even sense the right direction. And that's the hard part, right? That's like mm-hmm. the reaching between the trapeze bars, right? Mm-hmm. And you're in the air for like, but like I'm in the air for like a year. And, and so even, even the last few years, you know, with the kids, I, basically just said, you know, I'm going to only work with seven and eight figure women leaders. These are the women that like I could talk to all day. Mm -hmm. I don't get tired of this. This is my zone and they're Mm -hmm. actually an underserved market Mm -hmm. and I'm the one to help them. So I dismantled everything else. And that was, it was scary though, because I'm, I'm watching the, um, you know, the revenues Mm -hmm. go down and down while I'm making these shifts and making these changes. And there's that part that you just really have to trust Mm -hmm. and then literally, you know, watch it go up again. But every time you are making a decision, we don't get clear. And this goes back to some of your basic life coaching principles is like, look at your values. I had lost track of my values. Mm. completely. Mm. My number one value has always been freedom. That's why I was bazonkers in high school. Like Mm. I couldn't handle it. And, um, you know, that business again, that I built, that was, that was so big. And, and I, and I had pride in and appreciated everything we'd done. No, I was so restless. So I, and I realized I have like a three-year creative cycle. You know, when I look back, I Mm. kind of like do something for three years and then get a little bored and want to change and want to pivot. And my business has always followed my personal evolution. Mm. So it's very much about feeling. And, um, I shared with you in the pre-chat, you know, I just launched this new network, the Mm. trust, like right before, right before this pandemic busts out. And, and it's a, it's a network based on live events. Awesome. Right. (laughs) And, um, so I'm, I'm doing this and I'm feeling into it and it's, it's a place I'm still feeling into right now. Mm. Everything has just had to pivot. Everything has just been derailed. Like all the plans I laid out for the whole year, mm. we're changing them all. We're creating new things. It's, um, if you get really good at business, it's a place you have to not, it's not a thing you do. It's who you become. No, you that. become like that. And it's, it's it, the clients who come in my door often think it's going to be a lot about what they're doing that we work on. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But in the end, the comment I always hear is who I help them become in the process because mm-hmm. of the decisions they made, because of how they decided to act, because of what they decided to go after, what they decided to speak. It's it's who they become. And, um, you know, I can't say I have a specific spiritual practice. It's just more something like that I kind of, I, I live. And I'm not going to say there's not hard times, you know, with kids now, mm-hmm. family, I, I am the breadwinner. Um, my mom lives, uh, on the property as mm-hmm. well. You know, I, one of the reasons I got this property in Arizona is it has a house in the back for my mom. And, um, you know, there's a lot coming at us right now, like all over the planet. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think there's a lot of women having to think and be this way right now. Cause they're forced to mm-hmm. making these decisions around how, you know, what they know is really best and hanging in there because it's not an instant thing. Absolutely. And I I love the imagery of what you left us with, with the trapeze bars and being in between, because I think you're right. I think 
that in-between place where you actually, you said you even would take a year to, you know, integrate Mm -hmm. into what that next phase is. I think the tendency is to go grab it, the next bar, or at least throw yourself at it, even if you don't know. Yeah. And you see a lot of people doing that right now, actually. You can see it like online because they're doing it. Everything's so visible and you see them like just grabbing at whatever's in front of them. Yes. They're grasping. And instead of learning to fly. Oh, I love... I love that. I just came up with that. That's really good. I was like, that's a tweetable. (laughs) I don't even tweet, but let's tweet that. We're going to tweet that after. (laughs) Yeah. So grabbing that, that bar. Yeah. yeah, They're grabbing whatever, whatever's presented to them. Right. Oh, I love it. About the flying though. Yes, that's right. We want the women to fly. So actually I'm, oh, go mm. ahead, please. Yeah. No, I was going to say like, listen, and and I'm, I'm, I'm practical too. You got to pay your bills. You got to figure out what's, you know, I'm not saying that like there's not realities, but man, is this a great chance for people to choose and think about what they really want to do next? This is so good. Well, you're working with seven and eight figure entrepreneurs, majority of who are women. So I'm just curious, what are some of, you know, can you maybe share a key piece of advice that you're sharing with them in terms of how to pivot or focus on what to do to come out strong? Navigating. Yeah. Navigating. Yeah. That's a great yeah. word. For, um, for a few of them, they're jumping on this because what they offer, what they do is actually perfect for so many people right now. Mm. And then there's a few who had to have some tough conversations with their team Mm. that, and this is the big girl business stuff that no one wants to do. Having the conversation with the team saying, you know what, we don't know what's going to happen the next six months. And so I don't want to lose any of you, but we're going to all take a 20% pay cut. And that's Mm. myself included. And, you know, are not even paying themselves some of them, but because they don't want to lose the momentum they've created. And, and these are the things that, um, really separate, I'd say the women from the boss babes, you know, (laughs) Um, in the decisions that they are really making with their team and the vision of their company and, and their mission. And, and, and they're making some hard decisions right now, but it's interesting too. I hear from some of them, you know, they're actually enjoying having the kids at home, Mm. like when you look at what's just happened, okay, 10 years ago, we all dealt with the, the money issues, yeah, right? That were happening in session. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're dealing with money. We're dealing with family. We're dealing with education. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with our husband's home all the time. And we love our husbands dearly, but mm-hmm. we are, you know, <laughs> really need some space. We're dealing with health, health issues. Mm-hmm. We're dealing, and there, there's just so many things being thrown at us right now. And so ladies cut yourself some slack. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like cut yourself some slack right now. It's also okay to slow down a bit if you can. Yeah. That's such good advice, Sally. It's such good advice. Um, let's talk about the word iconic, your events. I know you'll go back to them when, when it's time or re-innovate how you're doing them now, but I, I love the word iconic and iconoclast, which is I mean, mm-hmm. I can't think those words without thinking about you. I mean, you've branded it beautifully, but tell us what, how do you define what it means to be iconic and how does a woman set herself apart as an iconic person in her field? Yeah. Yeah. The, the word came to me because I saw so many women just kind of aiming for normal. Mm-hmm and aiming for average. And because our dials are naturally turned down as well, when you aim to be just good enough, you're, you're not even there and you're going to blend into with everybody anyway. So 
when I came up with that word, I was like, what word represents where I want to bring these women? And that was for them to be iconic in their industry. And I mean, like known for something. What's your legacy work? What do you stand for? Um, And so the beginning for three years, I had these events and the beginning I have... um, I actually used a song from The Who, which mm. which um it was the be- it's the beginning of Eminence Front, and I don't know you you and I are not too far off in age, but no. like you know the Who the Who is right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, <laughs> of course, I'm 49. Yeah, literally. Okay, funny story. Like a millennial, <laughs> so I'm playing this. Like it, we're we're getting ready to go. Like and we're getting the night before, and we're testing all the AV, and someone said like that's a really good song. What is that? I'm like, oh my god, uh, it's The Who. Like oh how could you not know goodness. The Who? Um, so this, the lights go off, this slideshow comes on and it's all these iconic women and men. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but like just flat and like, that's all I wanted them. I wanted them to take in like people who've done extraordinary things in the world in business and, and elsewhere, and then really feel into, you know, them becoming something like that mm-hmm. in, in whatever industry they're in. And so, because I think so much of the conversation around women in the past year or two has been about equality. Mm-hmm. That's all great, mm-hmm. but I want women to aim higher. Yes. I think, I think that conversation pulls a lot of us back down to the normal mm-hmm. and the competing and comparing, mm-hmm. um, and not saying that there's not issues to be fixed, especially in corporate that, that's so behind the times. Mm-hmm. But when you have your own business, you choose your rates, you set the bar, you decide all this and they forget that. And so I said, what if you were iconic? Mm-hmm. What if, what if that's what you decided to be? What would you do then? Who would you become? How would you think? And so most of the exercises we, we do are like on flipping your thinking and switching mm-hmm. paradigms. And, um, then I did that for three years, right? I said three year cycle. Right. And now I just launched a newsletter on LinkedIn called the iconoclast mm-hmm. because, I actually think now that's a better word for how we need to think because traditional institutions have failed us. Mm-hmm. Um, conventional business, nothing is going to work anymore. When you see the businesses falling apart, they're ones that really were not looking up. And you think they would have learned 10 years ago, but they they didn't. And um, I just want everyone thinking a little more renegade. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I love it. And I saw, I'm, a, I'm signed up for that on LinkedIn. I I love that you're doing that. And I love that you're raising the bar. I think you're right. There's a level of mediocrity that people are just become complicit to and not striving for their legacy and what they're leaving behind. But tell us about the trust, because this is kind of where you're at now. Go a little bit deeper in terms of, you know, this is your legacy play. You've talked about it as that. So, you know, what are you hoping to achieve with, with the trust and tell us more about who it's for and how it works. It evolved in a few levels because on, on, on my ground level, I'm working with these women. And once they reach, you know, the multiple seven, eight figures, they would say to me, you know, um, Allie, you know, we've coached for a few years now. This has been great. I'm, I'm going to move on. And now where do I go? I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Here's some, here's some networking organizations for, um, especially if they're looking for women, women groups. Right. I gave them some names of a few. They came back and said, no, that like, this isn't what I was looking for. <laughs> I want more of the women that you attract. And mm. and I said, well, listen, I don't have anything right now, but, but I'll let you know. I had the events and things. And then I'm hearing from other women outside mm. my circles saying that, you know, they, they join some of the other groups and, and some of the ones that are very male dominated and they enjoy them, but they would love to be in another group with women who mm. are doing million dollar plus. Um, and I just started 
kind of just percolating on this. This has been going on about two years, actually. And I came up with the name about two years ago. And so it, I just kept thinking it wasn't the right time. So I was working on it and working on it. And then um, it was this past fall, like right before, I think summer, because I was planning Iconic. I was planning what I wanted to do. And I was saying, you know, I think, I think now is the time. We're getting so many women asking, you know, what do I do? Where do I go now? And also on the, the other level, I'm very privileged to be privy to a few circles and groups mm. that most women don't have access to. And so I want to bring those women in to spend time with us mm. and connect these worlds because otherwise, unless you win some huge award or are invited into some of these things, you know, these aren't women that you could sit down and have at your table typically. Oh, yeah. So, so I said, I thought, how do I put this all together? And, um, and then one last part of it is I wanted to get off social. So mm. we created an app, a private nice. app that is for the network that women can engage, share resources, direct message each other. Um, so it's, it's a few levels so that we launched it officially at iconic in November. Mm -hmm. We had our first meeting in March in Miami. Thank goodness. Like the week before everyone was feeling, oh starting goodness. to feel like freaked out. Like it was the, I remember us going like, do you think this is going to become anything? I don't know. You know, like we were all kind of right. feeling into it, you totally. know, and, um, and our guest speaker I brought in to spend the morning with us is Ellen Latham, who co-founded Orange Theory, Amazing. billion dollar, mm -hmm. billion dollar organization. She came in and not only spoke, but like spent time with us, answered wow. questions, you know, really, I call them guest advisors. Cause it's mm. not, they're not just coming in and doing a keynote and leaving. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's the combination of the events, the leadership, the connections that I didn't see anywhere else. Um, and again, there's, there's organizations that could be a good fit for, for many women, but there's a certain type of woman that was looking for something much different. Mm -hmm. And, and the common thread I think they had in the room when I was like, what makes all these women so, um, alike is they have a bigger mission they they want to make a bigger impact, but they've also proven themselves with the business mm. because they want to be around other women with business acumen. And so this is the trust. It's jointhetrust.org. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we've had to pivot a few things, but our next big, big event is going to be in the fall here in Arizona. And I can't announce a speaker yet because she hasn't sent back the signed contract, but mm. it's, um, you know, I'm bringing these women who've built these nine figure plus companies Amazing. to spend time with us. Amazing. I commend you and have gratitude for you for creating this space for women. And, um, I think it's amazing. Well, can I just ask, ask you one question then? So you talked about what you see yeah. in common, what are the mindset traits? Because you did work with the women early on, you know, you had the program for everyone. What, what do you see of, as the mindset, including yourself of the women who have scaled to the seven figures? I would say a few things. One is, um, one is pick a lane. You know, pick something that you stand for and become known for. And that can be terrifying when you're looking at comparing yourself to people who market to the masses. Mm. So be really careful. Like you cannot be comparing yourselves to people who just sell stuff to beginners. Like if you don't sell stuff to beginners, it's, it's a, it's a going to be a different game, you know, get very clear on the metrics that matter to you. Mm -hmm which metrics, a lot of us have been building businesses based on false metrics. Mm -hmm. I, I did a whole exercise around this at Iconic in that, um, exercise I did that I showed them a, a certain news headline and had them make, um, 
uh, an assumption from it. Mm. And then we actually looked at the facts and it was totally the opposite. Mm. Like it was totally not what they were thinking of. Just look and how we make immediate decisions from those numbers without truly thinking through if it's best for us and our business. So for example, people who are suddenly jumping on building huge followings on certain platforms online mm-hmm. where their market may not even be, right? you know, they, they just get, we get obsessive about this stuff and also because everything's so visual. So it takes the real courageous part. It sounds small, but it's not. The courageous part is to decide what metrics matter to you and your business. For me, for some people, it's almost like they're valuing how much they work. For me, it's how little I work. For me, it's the amount of impact I can do in the least amount of hours per day. So I can spend also having a life, you know, with my family mm-hmm. and taking care of myself. And the type of clients I work with is a metric for me, you know, valuing that. So come up with, I think we're going through a huge shift right now that people, what they thought they were building a business on mm. is, could be pulled out from under them. And they have a chance now to rebuild based around the metrics they truly value in their business. So that could be, again, n- niching your market, could be niching your offerings or programs. It could be blowing everything up and mm-hmm. starting over. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds kind of liberating. I love, I love when clients are like, I'm ready to blow this up. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, we get the whiteboard out for like, what's going to go first? Who are we going to fire? Um, people's teams get so nervous when people work with me because usually they come back and like get rid of like a, few, a little dead weight. You know? <laughs> but they're just liberated. It's so liberating. This is a time of liberation. Let's, uh, let's take that in. Like, let's look at this as a time of liberation. So many great words and like themes from today. You're so great. What do you do to foster your success? Any routines, habits? And, and here's where it takes courage again is for, you know, a lot of women don't want to tell their team, you know, you can't schedule calls for me before 10 AM because mm. I'm going to go for a hike. Mm. And, and we, guilty doing that. And so you need to become what's going to feel incredibly selfish because you are the product. And, and as we move into this new age, it's going to be more creative. You're going to need to think much differently than you did before. And you're going to need more white space. So build that into your schedule. My whole schedule has just shifted. Like when, um, the past several months we were working on the launch. And so I had the team here working at my house. We have several bedrooms. We converted to offices. It has its own entrance. This house was just made for all this. It's That's great. So cool. And so we would start at eight 30, like we would just get this done. And what's interesting now with this shift is I think I just feel different. Cause like no one knows when I'm here or not really. Mm. So I'm scheduling calls later. Like yesterday I went for like an hour and a half hike by myself, just mm. pure heaven in the desert. And, um, you know, I'm realizing, oh, I need to build this in again because I got some great ideas and I felt just peaceful and calm about the decisions I had to make that day. And so it's, um, I know that it's not easy time for everybody. Um, I feel blessed too, because I mean, look, money buys you more support hands down. And I think women need to focus on making a lot more money than they did before. Mm-hmm. Cause we're not even talking about luxury life. Now we're talking about healthcare we're talking about being able to get the foods you want. When you see what just happened mm-hmm. and it's still happening, mm-hmm. being able to buy, um, you know, healthy, fresh, organic foods, um, being able to afford good health care. Like, you know, I go to a naturopath in town here that, you know, they're not inexpensive, mm-hmm. but I'm, my immune system now is like bulletproof. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so these are the things that money is going to be buying in the future. And I think a lot of women feel guilty around the whole money conversation. That's a whole other show we could have, by the way. Mm-hmm. But like, you need to know this isn't diamonds and furs and caviar anymore. This is about healthcare for your family. I mean, it, it's, this is, this is going to be a real shift. Absolutely. I appreciate you saying that it gives women permission. They're going to go, yeah, Allie's doing it. She's right. Can you leave the women listening with your three best tips on living a good life? Um, I'm going to say right now, and I'm going to maybe, it's a bit of a recap as well. Is that okay? Yes, please. Kind of based on what I've shared. So, so I would say take, um, use this time to consider what you most want to do next and, and, and ask yourself the question, what if this was the perfect time to start doing that? Just, just sit with it for a while. Don't worry about the how yet, but just ask yourself, what if it was, what would that look like? Um, the second is, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure people have heard this elsewhere, but, you know, use this time to spend with your kids for mm-hmm. sure. Like I, we're actually really enjoying most of the day. Um, <laughs> enjoying, <laughs> if you see my Instagram, yeah. there's this one video like of them scootering by, like I they're hanging that. on each other with a pool noodle. So cute. It's just, it's like that all afternoon. But, um, the way they, my twins are almost seven. It's just this magical age, mm. you know, that they're six and, and the way they, the way their faces Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. Oh. The way their faces light up mm. when they see me here with them, you know, oh. in the morning. And we don't have this morning rush. We're not like shoving them out the door, you know, mm. with a lunch. Um, and But it's been, it's been hard for me too because I do my best work absolutely uninterrupted. Mm. I need a lot of white space. So we've had to create more of a schedule. But like I was telling Brett, we were like, what if this isn't so bad? Like, what if we're actually enjoying this? And we miss, we miss socializing. We like people and and the kids miss their friends, but it's been, um, you know, it's been a nice time. So spend, it's, it could be a good time to reconnect with your kids. And I can't speak for teenagers and or what's coming. I don't want to think about it, but, um, <laughs> but especially when they're young, oh my gosh, this is just so magical. So it, it gets you ruthless about your time. I'm like, there are some interviews that I'm, I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. This is when I am, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I want to, to make sure that I'm, I'm spending the time that I have with them. And then, um, the third is, I just think, you know, women are going to be a big part of this shift. Mm. The, the last big boom you saw in women starting businesses was actually after the last recession. When you look at, yeah, now I'm, I'm saying that anecdotally, it'd be interesting mm. to see, I'm sure the, the stats could back it up, but you saw a lot of women go, Oh, this all old way isn't working. Let's mm-hmm. do this. And, and social media was booming. The internet was booming. I think we're going to see a second boom mm. in women now taking it to the next level. So, so think about how you can be part of that. It's such an honor for me to have had your time today. I just can't thank you enough. I would love to direct people to wherever you hang out. Where should I direct them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, if you're on Instagram, that's really me on Instagram. Like mm. I'll, I'm writing you back. <laughs> So Instagram's my happy place and all everything else needs to be neurotic. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. I think Facebook, I'm still kind of on, we're on there cause there's a lot of people on there, but, um, AllieBrown.com, Glambition Radio is the podcast. Um, it's a damn good podcast. I'm going to say that it's really good. And so if you like this conversation, you'll love my conversations with these women. I also do solo episodes. Like I believe you do as well, Michelle, mm-hmm. um, and, um, yeah, would, would, uh, would love you all to come follow and, and keep up. You're 
Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed this from my heart and um, thank you so much. Thank you. This was great. This is Michelle Lamoureux, and you've been listening to the Good Life Coach Podcast. So I want to let you know that I have a free gift for you if you're interested. I've been thinking of how uncertain things are and wanted to do something a little extra and want to give you a copy of my book. It's called Design a Life You Love, A Woman's Guide to Living a Happier and More Fulfilled Life. And I usually sell it on Amazon for $10, but you can download for the month of April a free copy. It covers life, love, work, body, relationships, and simplicity. And the intention behind it is to help you live your life with greater purpose and clarity, make loving yourself and your body a priority, have a career and relationships that you love, and incorporate simple pleasures for greater joy. So that's what the book covers. There's a lot of great exercises with each inspiration, and I hope that you find it helpful. Again, you can find it over at thegoodlifecoach.com. You'll see the sign up right on the homepage and you can get your copy today. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend and to subscribe now on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. While you're there, please take a second to review the show so I know what's resonating with you. It means the world to me to know that you've taken a minute to share your feedback and I read every review that's posted. So thanks as always for tuning in. If you want additional inspiration and tips, come on over and visit me on Instagram. You can find me at Michelle with one L underscore Lamoureux. Thanks so much. And I'll look forward to reconnecting with you soon. Bye for now.